Bumblebee, Bumblebee, Bumblebee. Let's see, how does this go? So the theme song would have already played by now. And then I would say, it's the Things Are Weird podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Something like that. I don't remember what I usually say. It's been so long since I've done one. I'm really a very casual podcaster. Very casual podcaster. And I'm sure all of my listeners are just really happy for the randomness of it because everything is so certain right now in these times just the to add a little bit extra uncertainty as to when she's gonna do a podcast but I'm doing one right now and I'm so glad you're listening today's guest is a woman that I went to high school with Debbie Spidel and Drago I haven't talked to her in 30 years, so she and I have not. Last time we spoke, I was a senior in high school, and she was a sophomore in college. We just drifted away, right? Just never ended up in the same place again after that, though we were we had a great time in high school together. We had a lot of fun, and as you learn in the podcast, we were both named class clown of our individual classes because she was two years older than me. So I thought, yeah, that sounds great. I would love to talk to Debbie Spidell on the phone after 30 years of not talking with her. So I sent her an article about death because she grew up, her family is in the funeral business business, and she grew up above a funeral home that her parents owned and ran, and now her brother owns and runs. And so we got a little bit into death, some personal experience, and some uh, maybe some theories, and we just sort of catch up in kind of a pretty rapid fire way. We realized that, well, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. I think that it's a slow roll. Today's interview is a slow roll. Just let it wash over you. Let it take your mind away. Might be a good way to take a break in the middle of all this craziness that we're in and just listen to a weird conversation of old friends who haven't talked in a long time. So enjoy. Hello. Hello. Is this Debbie Spidell, formerly known as Debbie Spidell? (laughs) The artist formerly known as Debbie Spidell. It is. How are you, Susan? I'm good. How are you? Can you okay? Yeah, I can hear you all right. We're good. Yeah, okay. we're, we're good. How about you? Can you hear me? <laughs> I can. Okay. So what's, I mean, I can't, I don't even know the last time that we saw you know, each other. Funny, you know, it's funny. I was telling my husband, I was, I was explaining to him what was happening here. And I said, you know, it's just going to be fun because I don't think I've talked to Shannon for 30 years. Yeah, I think so too. That's what, I mean, I can't think of any, any time, you know, because to- I know I saw you, I, I'm thinking I would have seen you. I think you and, and I know Julie Atchison, I feel like there was more than just the two of you came up and visited me at Akron. Yes. Right. That was, uh, I feel like you would you were a freshman then, which would have made me a junior in high school, right? I think unless oh, you were, okay, yeah, I think so because I think that um, I didn't know. I was trying to think. I was like, they had to have been seniors. Can't imagine the parents letting yeah. but maybe them we, gals right up to the big city. 
But maybe we were seniors by then, because that doesn't that does seem it does, the junior being a junior doesn't seem right. So maybe we were seniors. You were you would have been a sophomore then. And, yeah, uh, I was I was in so much more experienced at life. Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I remember it very clearly, like, oh, we're, Julie and I were going up to Akron, big deal, going to the dorms, had my first bush light, my, my first beer at all, actually. And I was like, Is that the champagne, I, uh, the champagne of beers, the right? champagne of beers, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, uh, not even it was fancy, fancy yeah. going up to Akron. Gosh, I don't remember buying. I mean, I'm sure I contributed to the purchase, but I was never a beer drinker in my early my my early years in college. Actually, I wasn't much of a drinker at all my first few years of college. Think about that. Think about that. How did I cope? <laughs> no vices. <laughs> I think we could. We so, could what have blame, you been up to? Um, I, I was going to say, I think we can blame. Uh, uh, who can we blame for the beer? Um, who were the? Oh, it could have been, could have been my brother. Oh, no. probably a friend. Right, but but I'm I'm drawing a blank on the uh, guys who were in your grade and went to Akron. Oh, uh, so that could have been Randy Mass, although he wasn't much older than me. Todd Christian. Yeah. Um, could have been. I mean, when you think about it, Akron was basically the that I would say the it always seemed like the largest proportion of Waynedale grads went to Akron. Mm-hmm. Akron or Akron or Bowling Green, I should say. Mm-hmm. Bowling Green pulled a lot too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what those what, what those stats are like these days. Uh, yeah, I wonder too. Right, where 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 are the kids going to college these days who are leaving Waynedale High School, Ohio yeah, State? I, don't I mean, know. I know a lot of kids went to Ohio State too, and that was probably I think from my mini era after yours i feel like it was ohio yeah state. i think ohio state has um i think it's a lot tougher to get into than it was back mm. in the late 80s mm. um i you know i gotta bring this up because this always makes me smile when i think back to my years at akron i had an english teacher a, a literature teacher who referred to akron as the Ford Taurus of American universities. And that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a solid car. It'll run for a long time. Yeah. You won't attract a lot of swag, but it'll get you there. It'll get you there. You can always get extra parts at the, at the, um, uh, junkyard. You know, it's a pretty, it's yeah. a smart, it's a smart way to go. Yeah. Value, value based. Value based. Um, and so you're in Arizona now or, or just, I am, oh. you know, it's funny. Our journey here has kind of been a wild one. We, um, I got married in 94. We had our first child in 95. My husband works for Westfield insurance, which is, um, headquartered in Northeast Ohio. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Mm-mm. Um, but the, the, he works in claims. And so at the time, they would put you through this training class and then um, they would just launch you out into any of the 17 states that they were located in, depending on where the need was based at the time. And so we'd had our first child and we're kind of like anxious about, Oh my gosh, what are, how are we going to, we don't know how to raise a human by ourselves. You know, we relied on parental support. And so he um, ended up, his first move was to Toledo, Ohio. So it was to us at the time, it was because we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, you know, 
computers where we were FaceTiming or, you know, video chatting at that point in time. And so it did seem like, oh my gosh, they're sending us all the way to Toledo. God, what are we going to do? And so we lived there for a few years, had our second child, and then he ended up getting transferred to Mankato, Minnesota, Mm. which we were there for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband's from Ashtabula, which is the snow belt of Ohio, I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, he has always not been a fan of gray skies. I think there might be a little seasonal affective disorder there, but you know, we'll save that for the next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, we ended up um, after our youngest daughter graduated, we were like, we out, Mm. we're heading to the Southwest. And so she came with us. She's enrolled at GC Grand Canyon university here. Um, the oldest daughter is works, is a journalist works in, um, Mankato. And then our little daughter is, she's an artist and she is in Wisconsin. So this, the spreading out of the Andragos is happening. (laughs) Did you put a pin in the map for every location I just named? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm clicking away on my computer. I'm like a hacker basically. So yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, I think of your husband um, because I've never met him and I've only seen him on the Facebook as most, mostly just the um, dimple supplier to the family. Because yeah. He's <laughs> our, um, he's the eye candy. We're just the work. We're just the workers behind right. him. We just kind of pull the strings. That's right. He's the show. No, he's a good guy. Yeah. He laughs at my shtick though. I'll keep oh, him. Yeah. That's good. You were just like, I'll, I'm keeping him. It's a good deal. You have good yep. shtick. You have good shtick. I mean, that's how I remember you. Is uh... <laughs> and you had good shtick too. Yeah, we had good shtick together, didn't we? we I were... think we had mutual shtick. Yeah, we did. We <laughs> did. I was just telling actually people we were, had some friends over to the backyard last weekend, and it came the like what were you voted in high school came up, and uh, I was voted class clown. So. My shtick was verified uh, by the 105 people in my graduating class. Um, well, you know, Shannon, I'm going to drop this on you now, a little fact bomb. I also was voted the class clown. I thought so. Yeah, we should, have take, we should have taken it on the road. I haven't seen you at the meetings lately. I know, I know, I know. It's harder <laughs> to get around these days. we got to set up the... Uh, Wednesday night. The clown hair and the COVID mask, they don't really work. <laughs> yeah, but. Right. The clown nose. So tell me how you ended up in Portland. Uh, let's see. I went to Ohio University, graduated, and was like, I'm going, I'm moving out west because we had traveled out here with my family. Um, and I just was sure that's where I wanted to be. And I uh, worked at Applebee's in Worcester for six months after graduation and bought a truck and then left January of 1995 heading. My plan was I was moving to Eugene, Oregon because I had gone to the library because there wasn't an internet then. And I went to the library and I was looking, I had all these ideas of where I wanted to live and I was looking at all these stats and I had all these notebooks full of information and it was like Eugene's the place. But as soon as I got off the highway in Eugene, I was like, this is not the place. So I spent two weeks there and uh, ended up moving then up to Seattle and where I had an aunt and uncle and uh, stayed with them for a week and found a job and a place to stay. And then I stayed in Seattle for 12 years, give or take a few stints outside of Seattle and uh, met my now husband there. And we 
right? We had a house in Seattle that didn't have sidewalks and was really nowhere to walk to anyway. And we were basically at the place where we couldn't afford sidewalks in Seattle. And we were both freelancers. Uh So we came down to Portland to to visit friends and realized that we could actually possibly afford sidewalks in Portland and that our jobs let us work from anywhere. So we came down to Portland with our one-year-old and three-year-old and we've been here ever since. Isn't that funny? I mean, it sounds like you guys did a lot of the same things we did in that we were making those big decisions that I think when you look back to when you were younger, you just trusted your parents knew everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and there you are doing them, not knowing what the fuck was going on. And it's, it's scary, but at the same time, I think it's empowering. So, um, I, I think that's great. You got a, you got a fun story. You drove a truck by yourself. Right. I actually, that app. I, uh, a friend of mine rode out with me. Um, I don't know if you remember Emily Moorfield. She was a, a triway gal. No, I didn't talk okay. to those people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good for you. And I didn't in high school, just for the record, I didn't in high school either only once I was in college. Uh, it's too late. Um, <laughs> getting reported. Um, uh, yeah, she drove out with me just for the drive. And actually Pam Oberly drove in a separate car also with me, but then she ended up coming back. She stayed in Eugene a little longer and then she ended up coming, coming back to Ohio. But, um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, Pam Oberly, fun story. Um, she, uh, let's see, I must've become friends with her on, on Facebook. And anyhow, it was my sister-in-law's birthday. My sister and brother-in-law, they live in green, which is, you know, a suburb of Canton area, Uniontown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Right. That's right. Where Pam you are. Is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, Tracy had something and all of a sudden Pam made a comment on the same photo or post or something. And I, it was just like these two worlds collided. I'm like, wait, how did you know my sister-in-law? <laughs> and they worked together. So kind of a crazy connection. And is that, so that think, your brother, does your, so your brother lives in green now? He's not running the family Nope, I'm sorry. It's my um, husband's brother. Oh, your husband. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, nope. Scott, the old scooter, is running the funeral home. He's still running the funeral home. So, like, so the article that we both have read is, is I was reading, I read it again today. And I was like, yeah, I probably could have found a better one. But mostly I just wanted to have an article about death so that you could talk about your experience growing up um, <laughs> above a funeral home. And, right. uh, so your brother, so I, so your brother is still running it, and um, and his son is just now begun his coursework to help him oh, be wow. an intern until yeah. So it continues. I always every time I watch six, six Feet Under, I thought of you guys. Have you ever you know, I, I I didn't, but I always felt like somebody ripped that that series off, although. I had so much more to offer um, with my Amish community to mm-hmm. throw in there. Mm-hmm. That would have been a nice little kicker. You know what I mean? Right. They missed that. The whole, the, the whole other like plot line. <laughs> so much material there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I was just telling um, my daughter the other day, I said, you know, it's kind of crazy until you write it out. You don't realize how crazy your life is until you write it out and bullet point to friends that don't know anything about you mm-hmm. say the last 30 you know 
I'm 50 now. So the last, you know, 48 years of my life, they don't know anything about me. So when I throw out there that I grew up above a funeral home, that was, you know, just alone was kind of like, what? You're kidding me. And then I throw in that, you know, it was in an Amish community and that's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Too much, too much all at once. Yeah. So Too did you much. help? Like, were you allowed to help? Did you, did you have like chores to do at all? Like what, what was your, was no, you involved? No, no, I, outside of occasionally I would help. Um, hey, we've, you know, this, this funeral is going to be over at two. We're going to need people to drive these flowers to the family's home. And so I would do that or I would wash cars. Okay. And that, other than that, it was keep your mouth shut, Debbie. You're going to ruin this operation we got going on. <laughs> right. With your shtick. Why don't you keep yeah. that a little and quiet? And I'm like, Dad, the first, the first three, first three letters of funeral are fun. Come on. <laughs> right. You're like, is that a microphone? Is that for me? Uh-oh. Did I lose? You hear about the oh, priest and the rabbi that walked into the bus. <laughs> so, yes, I read through that article. I found it quite interesting. Um. I don't have any experience in the industry as, you know, a worker, but I do, you know, I think I've experienced death as far as like a grandfather, you know, my high school years and things like that in which I was in room when he passed away. And that I think is very impactful. Mm. And I I kind of dialed into that as I was reading that article, um, how about you? Do do you have any experiences of, you know, unfortunate experiences of losing someone close to you or? Right. I haven't, I, I have been, um, only grandparents really some friends, but no one that I was with at the, like close to their death or you certainly not when they passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were with your grandfather. Was you, this is your dad's dad? It's not. It's my mom's your dad, mom's dad okay. and he was he was seventy five, which now obviously that's twenty five years away. And I think, oh my gosh, he was so young. Yeah. But I also thought it. I thought it then. I mean, even though he was a grandparent, and you associate grandparents with being old people, I thought he was a young grandparent. Um, he'd had a history of just heart attacks and. Um, health issues and then he had a lot of back issues. And so, but the irony is that he, his uh, passion was fitness and he was uh, Adam, you know, he worked out at the Y he was into just lifting and being healthy, eating healthy, reading everything he could. And, you know, that was kind of his passion. And so for him to have been dealt a bum body kind of sucks, mm. but he um, ended up having a heart attack and it, it's funny. I had a dream. No, I'm going to get really weird on you. I had a dream one night and um, it was that my grandmother had passed away and it was very disturbing to me. I was engaged to Rick at the time and it was so disturbing to me that I called him up and I said, Hey, we got to call my grandparents and have dinner with them. I just had this really disturbing dream about my grandmother. She's dead. It was really real. And it really bothered me to the point that I want to, just go have dinner with them. And so we did, we went and we had dinner with them. Um, drove down to Canton. I think we ate at Bob Evans and, um, had dinner with them, did the traditional thing that we did when you had, we went back to their house and 
you know, had ice cream or something to mm-hmm. top it off. You know, that's always how they were. And then we left and we drove back to our apartment in Akron. And I don't even think Rick had, let's see, we were engaged at the time. So I think we were cohabitating. Um, and I don't, I don't think we had even shut the lights off for the night at our apartment when my brother called and said, hey, get in the car, get to the hospital, to grandpa. Mm. And I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, he was calling from, I don't even think a car phone at the time. So he was like, I'm leaving too. We don't know what's going on. Just get to the hospital. So we drove down there and they were told it was a massive heart attack. And, you know, um, we're going to take our turns to go in and see him because they were, they were keeping him alive somehow. Um, but they knew he was, he was not good. I think they were still trying to keep oxygen going so that to keep him alive, you know, in the sense of the machines were keeping him alive. And so I think the first cousins that were there, which would have been my sister and my brother. And I know I I have a um, cousin, Chris, that was there as well. We went in there and uh, it was just like, he can hear you. So make sure that you, you know, say what you want to say to him. And who was saying that and with what authority they were saying that, I don't know, but I believed it. You know, I heard it. It seemed, it seemed right to me. Well, of course he's alive. He can hear me, you know? And so you, you're so overcome with emotion, but you're like, don't fuck up this minute. You don't have it back. You don't get a redo, you know? And so it was, uh, you know, our love, everybody's saying we love you. And, you know, I of course tried to say something funny (laughs) and, it probably came out like a blubbering idiot, but, um, yeah, that was that. And so when I read that article that you said, it definitely, that was where my mind went. Right. Because it talks about the idea that hearing is the last thing to go. Right. Right. And that was what kind of, um, thought I thought, well, somebody in that room told me that they, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember who it was at the time. And but the, it was, it was, those, those types of things stay with you, you know? Yeah. And was he, he was, was he like, he, you, he was appearing to be asleep, right? As you're saying, they were keeping him alive. And so there was no response from him, but they were just saying, you're, you know, he can hear you. So talk to him. Um, when I leaned in, I, cause what I said to him, his brother had ironically, his older brother, I think there was more than 10 years difference. His older brother had died in just a month prior and so I think I had said something to the fact was of, and I was right by his, I, I was rubbing his shoulders, matter of fact. And I said to him, Hey, now you can get up there and start playing cards with Uncle Ed again. Mm. And when I said that his eye looked right at me mm. and it was kind of comforting, but at the same time it was like, okay, it was a, just a normal response that he knows where the sound's coming from. Um, but it, it was, an, it, wow. it made my heart, it made my heart warm. Like yeah. it was a good thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Am I blowing your mind with my story? Well, it's, it's a great story. I mean, it's, it's like to have that experience. Um, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. That is probably the most, um, probably the most, um, you know, relatable story that I could, you know, the, with the funeral home growing up, 
I never really absorbed the impact of death on a person. Like it was just, it was a, you know, a business. It wasn't, it was no different than if my dad owned an accounting firm in my mind, because I was so not a part of it. And I knew there was an aura of, um, we, we stay quiet, you know, we're, we're reverent to the fact that there are people going through things downstairs. And so (laughs) to hear my mother yell, don't walk so loud. Mm. (laughs) That happened all the time, but I never, you know, I never took the, the emotion of what was probably floating in the room. It never impacted me as a kid growing up in a funeral home. And so it didn't, it didn't leave you with some perspective on death that, that maybe someone who hadn't had that experience would have. It was, it sounds like you're, it was no, just, it's if, just it, if anything, it, right. If anything, it, I was, um, and my mom, I, I know my mom was, um, big on let's provide materials to families with small kids because seeing families with small kids who it's, it's a, death is a hard concept, I think to explain and to comprehend is at that age. And so with young parents, with young kids, it's even harder. And I think my mom was really good in that she would always have a bunch of books geared at kids or geared at parents trying to read to their kids to explain the concept of death and what happens. I'm sure they had a religious, um, you know, built to them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can remember looking through those and maybe kind of piecing some things together like, Oh, okay. And how often, as long was as it? Her... <laughs> go, well, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was, I, I remember thinking, Oh, you never really die. You just go and live someplace else, right. which is heaven. And, and I remember thinking, Oh, okay, well then I'm good. Right. As long this as is... I don't, you know, <laughs> this isn't that big of a deal. That's why it's not a big deal because yeah, it's, it's fine. Just move yeah. on. Um, how, how often, how, like, how often were you at home and the word was don't walk so loudly, like how, and and where (laughs) you were. As a kid, it seemed like five times a day. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't give you, you know, I would say my dad had funerals weekly, Mm -hmm. if not more, but you know, oftentimes funerals were held at churches or for the Amish, they were always in home. I right. Think. Right. So it wasn't always, uh, there, right. Multiple things going on. And sometimes it was, people were coming there other times. Just yeah. Person Plus I keep in mind, I, I'm, I, I'm sure I was, a, I know I was an obnoxious kid, so I'm sure it was a lot for my mom to to keep you under control. What about what about keep your Debbie brother? Under control. What about your brother and sister? They were they were oh, wild man. Well, first of all, Sherry Sherry's always been an angel. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> she would never do wrong. She would always anticipate the right thing to do and do it. And Scott was just there to get me in trouble. <laughs> he had one job. So it was right, Sherry, Scott, you were the youngest. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you can envision Scott, there would be a big cauldron in front of him and he would be stirring that pot. Because that was what he did to me. I see. I didn't. I. I didn't know. He seemed um, like such a nice guy. I didn't know that he was just just there to torture you and and get you into trouble. I. I yeah. Pure pure bastard. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, no, it's it was. Part of, <laughs> I, I bet it was Marty Orr who got us the beer. It was Marty Orr? Oh, you're probably right. <laughs> That's. Uh, I love Marty. I know. I know. I, I see his. I see his face and his family on Facebook, and I always think, "Gosh, what a great guy! Mm-hmm. What a great guy Marty was." Yes, indeed. And I'm sure he's still. Although knows. now that I look back and know that he contributed to the delinquency of you, I have second thoughts. Yeah, everything's different now. Everything's. It is. Yeah, and 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 maybe he didn't, but we could just you know. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, we're putting it on him. Yeah, we're putting it on him. That makes sense. <laughs> No, but going back to Scott, so my, my sister and my brother and I, I don't, how close in age are you with Brett? He's 16 months older than I am in one grade. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Sherry and Scott are each 19 months, and Scott and I are each 19 months. Okay. That's but so then there's a little break before younger bros, right? Yeah, Brandon, a- he's, like, he's three and a half years younger than I am. And then Tate comes in another two plus after Brandon. Uh, yeah. How are those guys doing? They're great. Yeah, they're. Uh, I just got a text from Brandon right before we got on the call. Brett called me today, but I didn't see Aww. it. So uh, today's Tate's birthday. So it's you know it's a big day in the Emerson family. We got to all connect. Um, yeah, they're every, everyone's doing. You know, as you know, we're in this situation that we're in this craziness, but everyone's doing <laughs> just fine out there. Um, now, I know some are, I know Brett is in Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are the other two in Ohio? Still? Uh, Tate's in Ohio. He, he was in Colorado for a while and then he and his wife came back and they have three kids um, and they live in Worcester and Brandon lives in down in uh, Manhattan beach in LA. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's been down. He's been out there. He was in New York City after college, came back to Ohio for a little while. And then um, he and his wife moved out to L.A. And they have two kids, two little, you know, like a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And they got two rambunctious boys they're trying to keep track of. (laughs) How fun. I bet your family gatherings, I mean are fun. They are. Now that we got to wait for COVID, wait out COVID. Yeah. But, right. We, uh, uh, where we miss, we usually do an every other year week at the duck North Carolina, but we couldn't do that uh, this year. Fun. But, uh, yeah, we've got the little, you know, now we have this, my kids are 16 and, uh, 14. Brett's are even, he has one in college. And so we've got the full older cousins take care of the little cousins and, uh, everybody's happy. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's good. I think there are 20 of us now all together. Wow. Um, so it's a. And how was your folks? Uh, they're, they're great. They're great. They're back on the, you know, they did a tour moving around the U.S. Um, uh, for oh, a decade maybe. And they maybe three, three years ago, they re uh, they fixed up the farm, added on to it. And now they're um, back in Ohio and they're doing great. My, they're, yeah, they're just doing their. So, didn't thing. one of your brother? Did one of your brothers live for a while at the farm? Brandon did, yeah, right, because because my okay. parents, right, they'd been renting it out, and then he he was decided to leave New York, and so he took over the farmhouse and and lived there for three years. Like we used to go back and visit. My parents lived all over the country, and so we would go back to Ohio and stay with Brandon. Then, yeah, well, yeah, that's fun. But no, there's no. Um, Livestock 
on the farm? No, no. That right. No. The, the dairy aspect is is shut down, and that's been now since ninety five. And then uh, the the land, um, a fellow farmer, um, run, uh, works the land, rents it. And, okay. And and my mom mows all the grass. Every time we go visit, she's oh. she's found an- no. another place to create grass, and she just she just has her she goes she's so happy out on her riding mower. She's like, I gotta go mow. Yeah. So. There is something therapeutic about that. We yeah. don't have that pleasure anymore out here, right? What do you have? White rocks or just sand? Like, what's, what's your <laughs> dirt? Dirt, just dirt and rocks. Yeah, dirt and rocks. So, did your parents wait until? The, here's my big question. Did Brandon and Tate both make it through high school without having to do chores? Uh, or was the, oh, the, that's a great. Were no, the dairies, let's see. Great question. So, gosh, I never even thought about how, that. What Boy, year that, did Tate graduate? So let's see. Uh, right, Brandon graduated high school in '94, and so Tate was two years. So Tate must have graduated in '96, and. Oh right, so my, no, it's right. So right, the so the farm shut down in '95. So yeah, mostly. So Brandon wow. did he, but Tate Tate must have had a great senior year living all by himself, not having to do any char- chores. Wow. Now that I think about it. See, I'm glad I could bring you bring this to you because you can take that back to oh. the next family gathering. I'm gonna add it to my list. Like for it was like you know <laughs> they got they got moon boots and I had to wear uh, <laughs> barnyard boots to elementary school when no. it snowed and they got moon boots and uh, oh my god what yeah. kind of parents did you have I I, I know I it's just terrible ones really they just <laughs> right it's just the only I reason you describe what do you say go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say the only reason we get together these days is just so I can complain about the injustices that um, Moon Boots not being able to pack our lunch except once. We were only allowed to take lunch to school once a year because it was important to have a hot lunch, no matter what kind of garbage it was made of. And so I would like carefully decide which day was the grossest food of the year, and then I would pack that day. But, of course, I didn't have a lunchbox, and we didn't have little brown lunch bags and so I, my mom would always like put it in a grocery bag that she would cut in half and then fold over <laughs> i mean it's Toby. a it's, it's no wonder no wonder i became class clown i was just trying to like deflect all the pain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're lucky class clown they should have called you a brown bag girl or something. <laughs> yeah, it's true it's true right it could have it could have uh could have gone been a lot a lot i think a lot that's different. funny it's the opposite of what you'd expect because when we tell stories of our parents and all their, you know, money-saving ways, you would think that they would lean towards packing and then paying for the hot lunch, you know? Right. And then I would have been mad that I had to pack and I couldn't get mashed potatoes, you know? So either way, but <laughs> it was the hot lunch. Somehow somehow the, the temperature of the, of the food made it better, my dad felt. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. It makes sense. It sticks I to your ribs. biology. Yeah. 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 Fix your ribs. There's there's support there. I think Richard <laughs> Simmons got involved. I don't know. <laughs> Richard Simmons was definitely involved. Um so let's see, do you have any any uh final stories about anything, Wayne Dale, life, Arizona? What 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 do you what can you <laughs> uh, no, I think I think um you probably are more, and I was just having this conversation with Rick the other day of how we talk about people that have not left Wayne County 
whether they didn't leave for college or or didn't have the opportunity to have a year where they worked somewhere else outside of their hometown, how I feel like, man, they got shortchanged because while you can say all the wonderful things there are to say about Wayne County, there's something to be said of leaving it for a while to experience things outside of it longer than a two week vacation at, uh, Putin Bay or wherever mm-hmm. people go. I don't mm-hmm. know. Right. Right. There's a lot, there's a lot out there, a lot to see, a lot of good perspectives. Um, for sure. I mean, even if it's, I mean, you move a County over, that's, you know, part of it, but to just experience a different, you know, Minnesota, it was a, it was more, um, you know, there's this whole thing of Minnesota nice and that totally lived up to every, everything you think it is. We loved it. It was the best place for us to raise our kids. Um, you know, everybody's your neighbor Mm -hmm. and it was just a great place. We lived in a very rural area. Um, Mankato is probably 80, 75, 80 miles South central, of the twin cities. And then we moved out here and it's the opposite. People are not neighborly. People are friendly, but they're not neighborly. So everybody has walls on their property. Um, and, and everybody, you know, nobody's outside shoveling their driveway Mm. because there's no snow. People aren't, you know, mowing because there's no grass. (laughs) So we found it to be a lot harder than we thought it would be to meet people and make friends. Yeah, well, that's a like you know to to uh, to move to an entirely new city. You know, it's when you're young, it's kind of it's also easier to make friends. I think too, you know, because you're just out and free and doing things, and then yep. um, then and then you your know, kids help you. Yeah, right. Then you you put your kids in school exactly. Like some of our best friends are friends that we met when our kids started preschool because we moved to Portland and we're new here too. And that's you know a lot of our um, friends that are that are uh, that we're so close with we met because of the kids. Uh, yeah. So that, so you've, so that, that was a bold move, right. To go to a whole new town. Um, yeah. And it's funny because it was like, well, why wouldn't we want to go? You guys, it's sunny 350 days a year. Aren't you the fool for not wanting to move too? And there's so many people saying, um, well, they've got other things that we're bad. We would balance that decision with. And so it was, it was, a bold move looking in retrospect. I'm glad we did it. Um, I'm glad we're here. We're slowly meeting friends through um, our offices, our workplaces. And that like one of my friends at my office had a husband that plays golf who was looking for an extra golf person for his foursome. And my husband plays golf. And so now those two are buds and you know, it's happening. It, it goes from there. Yeah. And the sun, you're, yeah. you're happy with the sun. It's, it's, you're, you know, you're, we're those weird people that love the heat. Then you're in the right like, place. We are in the right place. It's, um, it's funny because when we woke up, we're home officing, obviously. And when we woke up today, we were like, wow, it's, it's cooler. It's only 88. We yeah. should open the windows. <laughs> so. as, as opposed to how hot did it get this summer? where you are? Uh, I think we hit 117. Okay. Yeah. That's real. It's real heat. Oh, refreshing. It's a dry heat, Shan. It's a dry, dry heat. heat. Don't ever let anyone tell you any different. 
Um, <laughs> I remember, so I have, I had a, the, 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 uh, earlier today I was thinking about this call and I remembered that, um, a specific memory of you like pulling me into the cafeteria. You were sitting there with a table mm-hmm. of your friends and you pulled me into the cafeteria and you demanded that I, um, imitate the, um, video, the, um, <laughs> What, what's the Eternal Flame song? Is that Banana Rama? No. Who does the? Oh, the Bangles. The Bangles, right? The Bangles, of course. And then you know she she in that video, she sort of does this funny thing where she like her eyes just look like up and around, and she doesn't ever look right at the camera. And somehow we had caught on to that, and we were you know that was like an ongoing thing. And then I was like just making my way past the glass walls of the cafeteria, like Shannon, get in here, do that, do the Bangles thing. I was like, perform for me. Yeah, and I was like happy to do it. I was like, oh, this whole you know table full of upperclassmen. Yeah, I'll uh, oh god, I'll dance for my. Uh... I still, I still say this to my husband. I, you know, we had that big group towards the end of my senior year, and it was a bunch of sophomores. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was one of only, only a few, if the only senior, and then because there was there was kids in breadth class too Mm -hmm. that we would go to everybody's house and watch movies, you know, rent VHS. And it was so much fun because it was basically we were mystery science 3000 before it was a thing. Right. And, and it was, the commentary was so fun and it was just so, I don't know. It was great. It's what, yeah, those those were the best times. And I regret that, that friendship not starting earlier because I took so much joy from it. Yeah, it was that I think about that too, like that group of people spanning many grades and how much enjoyment we got out of. I can remember too making plans at school on a Friday and saying like, whose house are we going to? People, you know, go to the payphone, call their parents. I remember calling my mom and saying, can, can everybody come over tonight? She's always said yes. <laughs> and then she went to the store yeah. and bought two liters of soda. And we were just so happy to just drink <laughs> soda and eat Doritos and watch movies yep. and laugh and make each other laugh. And it was just the just a pure, beautiful thing that we had. We all got to experience. It was it was a good yep. it was a good crew. And we spanned the grades, which I don't think was, you know, that was kind of a special thing too. Yeah. It was good. We did well do between it. you you and Julie Atchison, you two were the ones that always kind of made me laugh because you know Atchison always had something you know some snide comment coming out of the side of her mouth mm-hmm. and you were always the one that would just say it full force you know what I mean you weren't the one like hey there's nothing snide about this this is a fact <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's possible that still happens sometimes I don't know we could ask my husband to see what he says about it yeah <laughs> Uh, well, those are the days. this is like the, this is, this is my new favorite way to catch up with people that I haven't talked to in 30 years. Uh, just, you know, you know, recording a podcast. Why not? Why not? There you go. Gosh, what a great, that's a great idea, Shannon. You should do a class reunion podcast where you call each of your classmates and then you, you know, make a compilation and then you sell it to, to them. To them right. Yeah, to, to anybody that'll buy it. Yeah. Anybody with a credit card. <laughs> I will sell this to anyone with a credit card. I <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you're settled in sunny Arizona after logging all those years in the snow. In the cold. Yes. That's great. And too, if you're ever, ever, ever in the area, please alert me. We'd yeah. love to have dinner. Yeah, that would um, be great. Good night, Dimples McGee. 
Oh. We'll drive around in our Ford Taurus. He also went to Akron. <laughs> same, same with Portland. Once we're once we're all mobile again, if you're ever in Portland, please do. Let I've me know. never been to the Great Northwest. Yeah, right now you're closer. You could. Yeah, we're in the same same time zone, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We keep wanting to get the kids out to the national parks and kind of get get them to experience not the West Coast but more the West, and so. Arizona, hopefully, though now they're they're getting older than I expected. They're now oh, I know working their way. They're having lives yeah. lives of their own. Yeah. Is your oldest driving yet? He's not driving yet. Um, okay. He he just missed. He was finishing his driver's ed and was about to take his driving test, and then when the COVID, COVID happened and he couldn't uh, do it. And poor kid. He was and he's and he's and honestly, between you and me, he's really not good driver and um and i am the i i become the worst sitcom mom when i'm in the car with him like it just over like, oh I'm, I'm you know i just you have no control i'm i'm you, scared you can admit it yeah it's just like i'm i'm oh. actually scared because he just is is he's nervous and i'm nervous and and i uh, i'm not the best version of myself and so now i'm just like i don't even know how you're gonna learn to drive because i don't we can't do it with you so he hasn't but now my daughter She'll get her permit here next month, and I have a feeling that's going to bring it all along because she's ready to go. You know, he doesn't really even care. Yeah. He doesn't really even want to drive. Yeah. We're yeah. in the city. We got buses. You know, but she's she's ready for it. So it's it's the difference between the two kids. But she'll be within a year. She'll be driving for sure. Oh wow! Yep. And then they're off. My yeah. oldest. It's funny. She. I would classify her as probably ranking third of my three daughters and in natural driving skills. And I remember when she went to take her test, like just telling myself, Hey, you got to be ready to be passionate and understanding. Even though we all know she's going to fail, you got to just be <laughs> surprised that she failed and then be supportive for her. And then she comes and she passes. And I really wanted to look at the instructor and say, what did you lose some faculties along the way? What, what happened there? But right. no, she passed. She so. did it. That's great. I love that. Like, She's also been in the most accidents. Since. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, right. So maybe that, maybe that driver tried. Yeah. test giver was just like, let's just get mm-hmm. this done. I got to get home. <laughs> well, well, thanks for thanks. reaching out to me. Yeah. This was fun. This was fun. Really good to talk to you. I, I have thought about you many, many, many times and uh, always, always was pleased and happy that we had the friendship we had. Yes, for sure. Well, let's keep it going. Okay. If you ever need a reunion, just um, reach out. Okay. We'll, we'll connect again. The last reunion, <laughs> I uh, the last time we my class had a reunion was when Pam and Julie were, I was home for the summer. They were over for a party and... And somehow Julie and I were like, yeah, let's have one. And then Pam, we kind of just somehow Pam planned it all. Like we were like, the great idea. See ya. I went to back to Seattle. Julie went back to Columbus and then Pam planned the whole thing. And then I still didn't make it. So um, I, I owe Pam. Uh, wait a second. Wait a second. You were home for the summer and Pam went through all the trouble of planning a class reunion or just a friend reunion? No, it was a, it, we talked, it was one next, the next summer was going to be our like 10 or something, you know? Oh, and so we were like, gotcha. Oh, because we'd never had a reunion. It just like I, somehow like our, our class, uh, elected officers, like 
whatever time was the first time we were going to have one, they all got in a fight and disbanded. And so we never had one again. <laughs> and so party. we were like, we have to have one. It's coming up. And then we we're like, yes, let's do it. And then Pam pretty much, she ran it because she's the, she's the party mayor. She's committee. the mayor of our class. Like, so yeah. whatever was officially elected, she is the mayor. Always will be. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't think we, I, think, I know we had a five, and that, I believe, was the reunion where, you know, your anniversaries, there's the paper, then there's silver, and, you know, all the ones in between. Um, the five-year class reunion is where people show you that they can smoke reunion. Oh. <laughs> um, at the 10-year, it's people can talk about how many divorces they have under their belt. Mm. Um, 15, and I don't, I, I don't think I went after that, to be honest. Now you know. Right. That's why you didn't go. Yeah, behind. Could find that stuff out on Facebook now. Yeah, no kidding. Is <laughs> that Facebook? All right. Well. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful thank you. Time. Good to talk to you too. You take care. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. That was fun. I might have to do more of that. I might have to just start getting people on the podcast who I haven't talked to in decades and just catch up with them on your dime, on the listener's dime. But, you know, we'll try to keep it interesting. I won't tell the same stories about my life every time they ask. I'll tell different stories and maybe I'll make shit up. It'll be fine. I love how in that interview, you know, I don't know how many times we start to say goodbye and then and, and then suddenly we're into something else and it keeps happening over and over. You think it's like, it's got to be the last one. It keeps happening. It was, you know, it's been 30 years. We wanted to get it all in wanted to get what we came for. So we have exciting news, actually. Emmy Galaxy, our comedian in residence, she is off in an RV, just driving around the country, on the move all the time, and doing shows at RV parks and retirement homes. Sometimes it sounds like she's pretty busy. It seems hard to, hard to get her on the phone, but we got some audio of Emmy Galaxy out I don't know. She's out in the Midwest somewhere. She's doing her thing. Everybody, please put your hands together for Emmy Galaxy. Hey, everybody. Thank you for coming. Some people who've been here a long time. Not a long time. I mean, you've just been here like 20 minutes, but for a long time over the years. Uh, I was just in Ohio for my grandma's funeral. I know, that's, that's exactly how I felt. Whoever that was, it's like, you never liked my grandma, did you? It's bullshit. Um, so no, I was there, um, and it was, you know, she, she was almost 99, which is like, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's a good run. She had a, uh, you know, she was ready to go. It's like, you, sometimes when people die, mostly when people die, there's like, why, why did this happen? It's so unfair. And then you have the, like, the person's now gone and I can't call them or see them anymore. But with her, she was ready. She told us she was ready many times. And, um, and so there wasn't that why the world is so unfair, but definitely the loss of her was a big deal um, because she was the last of her generation in our family. And, and uh, I was pretty close with her. I grew up just a field away from her. Uh, on a dairy farm in Ohio. And so I spent a lot of time with her. I used to go visit, and she would say, let's have conversation. And 
basically she'd put me up on the counter in the kitchen and it was just that just meant I could just talk as long as I wanted and uh, she was the only person who let me talk in my family actually so that was nice um, and when I was 26 and she was 80 we both had boyfriends and I remember talking to her from Seattle. I was like, Grandma, we both have boyfriends. This is really cool. And then ended up that I would fly to Ohio for her wedding. And she would fly to Seattle for my wedding, even though neither of us really fully approved of our choice of husband. But um, <laughs> we were always supportive of each other, as much as we could be. Um, uh, so we're in Ohio. I'm in Ohio. It's September. We're um, going to her funeral at the church, the St. Peter's United Church of Christ, which was the church where she was married twice, the church where my parents were married, the church where I grew up going to through all of my youth. Um, I was an acolyte, which means that you get to light the candles at the beginning of the service and you get to snuff them out at the end of the service, sit in a special place for the whole thing. And uh, I read from the Bible from the lectern because uh, the pulpit was the minister's dance space and uh, the lectern was for all of us muggles. So I, I didn't want to read from the Bible, but I was asked to and that's what you do. And so I did that. Even um, when I was six or seven, my brother and I were in the Christmas, the Christmas play and we played siblings from outer space. And we had, my mom made us these tunics that were from sparkly material. We wore green tights. His name was Orion. I can't remember my name, but, um, and we, we came in from outer space and it was Christmas time on earth. And we were just like, what's happening? What's this manger situation? And all the earthling children were like, let's tell them about Jesus. And so they did. And uh, we were stars for a couple nights. Um, so obviously, the, I'm going to this church for her funeral was, um, it was, there was a lot of history there for me. And uh, I'm sitting in the front pew at the very end. It's hot, it's September. So they had these fans on everywhere because the church, there's no money, so there's no air conditioning. It's just fans. And it's just, the fans just like blowing on my hair and I'm, the minister's doing his thing. And then all my, my dad and my uncles and my aunt all get up to speak, and um, I had written something a couple days after she died, just kind of as part of the processing, and I wasn't planning to, to read it, but then the night before, I was like, I think I need to read this, what I wrote at her funeral, so I'm waiting for Johnny and Stevie and Jimmy and Susie to uh, say what they want to say and do their Midwestern best not to cry. They're like, please, 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 don't make me cry in public. I don't want to cry. Crying in Ohio is just shame. That's all it is. And so uh, they did an okay job. Um, and I was like, I, I had a show to do. I was like, I gotta keep it together. So I'm sitting there in the pew, waiting for my turn. Finally, I go up there. My grandmother, I walk, walk past her walnut casket. She's up there and I stand at the lectern and I say, I, I think that fan made my hair look crazy. <laughs> and it's total silence. <laughs> And I said, I'm just kidding, it always looks like this. <laughs> and everybody laughed just like you guys did, which was awesome, because it's the first time I've ever heard anyone laugh in that church. <laughs> and I spent so many years sitting in those pews trying not to laugh. You know how you like, you can't laugh here. 
And then my friend Cheryl is like eating lifesavers in a funny way. And we're just like, no, no. Okay, we're like, we would always do this. Like, no, we're not laughing. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Stop it. Stop it. You can't laugh. So, uh, so that was sort of a nice full circle moment where I was just like, yeah, motherfuckers, you're going to laugh in this church. 